Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Good afternoon, morning, day. How's it going? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> we're, um, you know, we're 24 hours a day on this planet. It's afternoon for me, morning for you. How is it? Where are you? Uh, I'm in uh, beautiful Beaver Creek, Colorado, the ski Sweet. resort where I have a big uh, mining conference. Yeah. I just have stepped outside and uh, here you can let everybody see the, the whole drill. Look at that. That's Beaver Creek. That's huge. Yeah, it's, um, it is. Um, there's um, ski lifts that go up uh, in this direction. You can walk down you know, to different hotels along here and then uh, you can take a little drive down to Avon and um, for some of your listeners that may not know where it is, Vale is just a few, you know, maybe it's 20 miles down the, down the way and Breckenridge and Steamboat. So all of the great Colorado ski hills are, are right here. And the conference itself um, is, is really one of the go-to junior mining places. All the funders come here, the banks, the research analysts, the newsletter writers, and you know, a lot of, well, all, all of the half-decent uh, exploration companies and, and development companies and, and bigger companies too. Um, so uh, lots and lots of meetings. Guanajuato Silver ended up with, uh, I, think, I think I met with 32 different people here the last few days, um, including one of the research analysts just this morning for breakfast. Then I got a couple of coffee meetings and then I got to drive back down to Denver. Well, sweetly, uh, Mr. James Anderson of Guanajuato Silva, thank you very much for joining us. You're joining the Weekend Club. All relaxed. <laughs> You're relaxed. Nice setting. I like it. I got my, I got my, my mining uh, uh, puffy vest on. That's what, the, that's that's what they cool. wear in Guanajuato. I, sh I should be down by the pool. That's, that's where I, I should have I uh, set this up down by the pool with my laptop. In fact, that's going to happen next time. It'll be much easier. <laughs> hey, well, look, um, look, appreciate you joining us. Um, we did have a kind of catch up a couple, well, just over a couple, ugh, couple of weeks ago. We thought this might be better timing. You've had a bunch of uh, meetings. You've got a few more to do. Just get a, give us a sense of the mood there, because I, I agree with you. I think that, and obviously uh, Denver, Colorado next week, or two of probably five conferences which matter. For junior miners, the rest are just a waste of time. But uh, what's the mood? Um, I think the mood is somber and professional. Uh, I've been to these conferences, you know, over many many years. Sometimes the, they are a little bit euphoric. Uh, sometimes they are, um, I don't know, like a like a dirge, like a funeral. Um, but uh, here, right now, I think. Uh, the people who are here, the people who are still in business, the people who have who have journeyed from wherever they've come from here, uh, they're they're in business. They're somber and professional. That's what I would say. Yeah, I, think I was speaking to a CEO yesterday uh, about it. Uh, he's down there. He shall remain nameless, but he is. I'm just delighted to see other human beings and actually do transact business face face to face. It's been been far too long. Um, well, like we, we better we better dive down into it. So, um, in, in, in sense of you've had thirty two meetings, what have you been telling them? What have they been asking you? Well, I think one of the things that uh, that I found really interesting the last few days. So there were there were a number of the bigger funds, right, that are probably too big. They want to deploy too much money for our market cap right now. People that maybe haven't heard of Guanajuato Silver and what we're doing. So I've you know had had to kind of 
and we and you only got 20 minutes 25 minutes in these meetings right so you know i, I give them a two minute update on what we're doing and and the 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 pitch what, what i what i've been saying matthew as well you know we we had an exploration project in guanajuato last year that we did a thousand ton bulk sample on um we did a deep dive on whether we wanted to buy el cubo signed a letter agreement with endeavor in december raised 17 million canadian dollars in march signed a definitive agreement with them in april drew down seven and a half million dollars uh, from our lend lending facility in july spent that money to refurbish the mill we are mining right now and we'll have the mill oper operating within the next two to three weeks nobody does all that in 12 months and i'm you know I, even as i was saying it i'm going wow that's pretty impressive uh so i'm 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 happy about that i'm proud of that and the, the i have a part to play in that but really it's the the team that we have on the ground in mexico that that, that has allowed us to do all that okay so, so tell us what you have actually been doing that's a lot of money and i, I saw the drawdown it's actually shortly after we spoke but a week or so after we spoke last time so what have you what have you actually done with that cash have you burned through all of it no, no, we've got uh, about eight million U.S. dollars in in our treasury right now. Um, uh, what have we been doing? Buying cone crushers, refurbishing the the mill, ball mill liners, um, um, a number of different engineering groups coming in, looking all, all of the component parts uh, of the uh, of the plant, uh, making sure that everything's you know running. Uh, correctly uh, best to do that now rather than you know during downtime later on and then mining as well um, so we now have eight or ten thousand um, tons of good grade material from Kubo in the laydown yard uh, right beside the mill so once we start processing once once the mill is, is fully functional in the next two or three weeks we can take that material and start processing it so that obviously costs money as well all the blasting and mining uh, paying our mine contractors to extract that that mineral, which is in inventory right now in our laydown yard. So I guess what the question people are going to be asking is, uh, and it's a much more forgiving period when you get there, is when do you start producing cash? Well, I think we'll be selling concentrate in October. Okay, right. And there's a kind of little ramp up uh, period, I, I suspect, in terms of optimization. So yeah, there's a, there's a huge ramp up period um, and a huge ramp up period, meaning that, that we will ramp up in terms of the number of tons that we'll be mining and processing between now and, uh, and July of next year. We'll also be ramping up significantly. So we not, we not only ramp up in terms of tons, but we ramp up in terms of grade. So not only do the tons get higher and higher uh, each quarter, but the number of, of silver equivalent ounces, silver and gold ounces that we produce uh, each month and each quarter going forward will, will ramp up as well. When would you expect to be sort of positive cash flow on this project, this asset, right? Because it's, you've got different phases and different projects that you're talking about. So as a company, it's a bit more of a difficult thing to ask. But in terms of when do you think you're going to be at a point where the ASIC on this part of uh, what you've got is positive cash flow ebitda positive in the first quarter and okay. um as as we ramp up in terms of grade and tons uh you know we really start to, to um to throw off a lot of cash mid next year um that's just when our repayment schedule for the seven and a half million dollar loan kicks in so there's a little bit of overlap like that but um, I, I don't see any reason why, why that's not what we've always uh, modeled about 25 to 30% of our cash flow will go to paying back that loan on a, on a monthly basis for the 12 month um, repayment. 
And uh, I don't see anything that's going to change that. Okay, so that seven and a half you drew down is that is that the full facility that you've drawn yes. down there, or will you, you? It is. If if needs must, do you think that they'd be open to sort of topping up a little bit for you? Uh, the short answer is yes. Also, with you know conversations that we've had with uh, other capital providers, I mean uh, everybody's very happy with what we're doing. And uh, there's but we we have access to lots lots of different avenues for capital. Okay, but with, with OCIM, obviously being a European metals trader, they have expectations. Uh, so just remind me the, the terms there. Yeah, okay. Um, so the, the terms uh, go like this. So in July, we drew down $7.5 million. On the day that we did that, we note the price of gold and silver, um, closing price in London. We then take a 15% discount from those closing prices. That's the, the gold and silver pricing that we repay the seven and a half million dollars. So we get a six month grace period. First payments are in February and we pay, you know, they, they are set amounts of gold and silver that we must pay for those 12 months. And the numbers, um, I don't have them in front of me, Matthew, but it's something like 180 ounces of gold per month and about 19,000 ounces of silver per month. It's 60, 40 in terms of value, silver and gold. We do that for 12 months and that's it. There's no other prepay. There's no warrants. There's no this, there's no that. Um, it's it's a very clean lending. There's no, and there's no obligation on your part once that's paid back. Correct. Okay. Interesting. Right. And um, so, so that kind of gives a little bit of timing on, on, on what's going on there. Um, there. There's a few questions sent in with regards to all the other moving bits that I referred to a second ago in terms of better Metre, uh, uh, for instance, Pink Weco and Torres. I mean, what, what, what's happening with all the other parts or is it just let's get focused on this and deliver cash flow? Well, we're pretty focused on that. I think it'd be a big mistake if we you know, got distracted and, and you know, didn't didn't have material going through the mill you know, on time. Uh, you know what, what I like to say on track, on time and on budget. That's where we are. Uh, we do continue to drill at Pinguico. Uh, results have been slow in coming back. Um, we're, I, we're on drill hole 19 or 20 here at this point. So there, there'll be added um, uh, information and, and assays on that in the, in the weeks ahead. If, if you go to the website and to our presentation, there's a a nice long section there now of where we've drilled and where we're going to drill between now and January. Again, we own our own drill, our own underground diamond drill, right? So we don't have the problem that a lot of other companies do, you know, the, the drill companies come in and they go out. We can continue to do that kind of, you know, round the clock and month in, month out. Right. And so in terms, in terms of the stockpiling that you've been doing of the you know, vein material, I mean, how much have you got? I mean, yeah, and what does, that, what does that give you in terms of inventory to put through? Um, well, the three stopes that we're looking at right now, we think internally there's about 240,000 tons there. So that's 10 months worth, worth of material at 25,000 tons a month through the mill, right? So we're, we're in very good shape that way. In terms of stuff that we've actually mined to date, there's eight, there's eight or 10,000 tons in the laydown yard here right now. Okay. Okay. So, and, and you're, I mean, we're running out of space. We're running out with the, the miners are saying, Hey guys, you know, turn on the, turn on the plant already. So we can, uh, so we have a, a place to put the, the ore here at this point. Right, so so things are things are going well in terms of you know to the as you say it has happened in an accelerated time frame. So you you, you know kudos for that. Um, you've got to get to 
the point where that project, obviously, you understand the economics better and what those margins are, are going to be. You pay down the debt, you know, you, you, I don't know how long that's going to take. Um, and then is that it for El Cubo? I mean, wh 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 where are you going to be spending the money next on El Cubo specifically? On El Cubo specifically, well, in terms of, in terms of exploration, um, we, and we haven't spoken very much about it. Um, there's, there's two major Northwest structures that we will be mining. Um, one is called Villopando, one is called Dolores. They're separated by about 700 meters. What's very well known in the district and what's very well known at El Cubo is transverse veins that cut the main structures at about 90 degrees. And they're not subtle. Like when, when I'm underground and, you know, driving in the, in the, the, the mine, you know, I'm looking up and go, whoa, 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 wait a second. Like what, what's that structure? Have we mapped that? Have we sampled that? Right. Um, Endeavor, Endeavor never really chose to pursue those because they had this mindset that they needed lots of tons. Those transverse structures are generally smaller than the main structures. They might be as, as small as 80 centimeters, maybe a meter and a half wide, but they're very good grade. Generally, they're higher in gold content than in silver content than the main structures on a, you know, on a value basis. Um, but they're good grade. And, you know, some of the examples of, of, of early sampling that we've got are very good and we can, we can chase those. We can mine those. So what, what do you see in terms of grades that interest me? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll copy a couple numbers, maybe Matthew, the, the, a lot of the sampling that we're doing at El Cubo right now in, in, with what I'm talking about, we send to a non ISO lab because we get results back in eight days. We send it to an ISO lab. We get results back in three months. That ain't good enough for us. We'll have our own lab built at Kubo, um, the first half of it by the end of October and then the rest of it in November. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we're often seeing four or five, 600 gram uh, silver equivalent stuff, you know, sometimes into the kilos, um, you know, per ton. So it's very good grit. Okay, so we're more of that anon. Um, with regards to the, the kind of maintenance ongoing, what, what your expectation about the ongoing monthly cost at El Cubo, have you got a, a sense of that yet? Monthly cost at El Cubo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you're going to silo your cost, but um, it, it, I guess where I'm trying to get it. At what point do you give guidance to the market and say, look, I think El Cubo is going to be responsible for X amount of dollars free cash flow for us uh, to you know either plow back in as you know uh, exploration um, or you know further underground development? I mean, that, yeah, I no, the, it's a, you know what I mean. It's, it's it's a fantastic question, and you know, one of the problems with answering the question is all is, is all of the regulatory rules about how I answer that question. Uh, Lisa Day, our CFO, has constructed a a very fulsome financial model um, that, because this is essentially a startup, I mean it it changes often, but we've got we've got a really solid look at the financial aspects of of the whole business. Um, in terms of guidance, how do we go about that and when do we go about it? I think we're smarter to wait until we're, at, we're actually putting some material through the, the mill before we, before we establish okay. that for the market. But I also, but I also you know, I'm, I'm going to rely on some of our expert legal counsel uh, to, to figure yeah, out when enough, we James. do that and how we do that. No, that's like, like, fair enough. I, I, I need to ask because I think, like I said, you, you delivered it quickly. 
you're going to be producing soon. You're going through an optimization period and Q1, I guess the economics will be better understood. But that is the bulk of the questions coming in here is like, how good is this? Is it we're making money kind of good or we're making money, but it's all going to go back in the ground good? Or is there going to be some you know, meaningful contribution to the other projects in the portfolio yeah. kind of good, right? Yeah. So, so, so it's making money kind of good, EBITDA positive in the first quarter kind of good, uh, very sustainable in terms, of a, in terms of an ongoing business model kind of good. Um, remember, the, um, you know, we, we've, we've got the 2 million tons of material outlined in the PEA at Kubo. Well, some of that material needs, or some of that material needs some development work. Um, a million and a half dollars worth of development work um, reinvested in the business every quarter. That's, that's baked into the model. Um, other exploration work, both at Kubo and at Pinguico and at some of the other you know, 7,000 hectares of, of uh, ground that we've got. So very much a, uh, a recycling of that money into the business to make it bigger and stronger and, and sustainable. Is the sun okay there? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. We're, we're, we're good. You look, you, look, you look great. In fact, you look like you're sitting in someone's settee at home, but just with an amazing backdrop. That's what settee, there's an old, that's a 60s phrase. So far. <laughs> look, I'm, <laughs> look, I, I, okay, so that, that's kind of quite helpful insight. Um, you mentioned a word there, you know, it, it's scale. Um, because sustainability is one thing, but you can be, you know, low, contrib low contributing sustainability, basically the mind's just running itself to keep the mind running. It's, it's running to stand still. You've got to go, go through a process of saying, well, this thing can be big, it can be meaningful, and certainly meaningful enough to get funders interested in us to maybe make an acquisition elsewhere or further development, develop the land package. Do you know what I mean? So I know it's early days, but I, I just want sort of some, some sense of intent from you because you've shown you're capable of getting something accelerated through to production quickly. You saw something that others didn't. I, you know, I like that. But how do you take that skill, that intent, that kind of aggression, and move it forward and get that scale delivered? Yeah. Okay. So let, let me answer a number of those questions. Then we'll talk philosophy a, a little bit. Um, first of all. I mean, let's put our, our cards on the table. El Cubo is never going to be an enormous mining operation, right? Exactly. Um, this is not going to be one of Mark Bristow's, you know, tier one mining assets. Um, it, what it will and can do, if approached correctly, if, if approached the way that we're going to do it, it can be sustainable for decades. It's been in operation on and off for 200 years. I can see decades worth worth of production we to, right. to answer another one of your questions so we we ramp up to about a million and a half silver equivalent ounces in 2022 mm -hmm. we ramp up to two and a half million silver equivalent ounces in 2023 and i think that's steady state going forward is that is that a huge operation it's not but what we can do and one of the reasons why we call the company guanajuato silver there are all kinds of other assets within the district within this 480 year mining district that we think that we can do business on and either acquire or do some kind of uh, business on it and and increase the business expand the business in that way 
Right, and about, about hopes and dreams of, of, of CEOs everywhere. You know, you'd say that, right? But you've got some in the portfolio today. I, I'm trying to, I want to kind of get to the point where you proved yourself over here. El Cuba, brilliant. Pingueco, which we first started talking about when our first conversation last Torres, you know, we, yeah. we've not really talked about, and we've kind of talked about the theory of, you know, the Veta Madre, then come, you know, you know, and, and everything that that could entail in terms of scale. But so how, how do you tackle those things? And when? What's it going to cost you? Uh, I don't know if I go, if I have a good answer for you this morning. Um, I'm pretty excited about um, you know putting some material through that through that mill in a few weeks. You should, uh, be. You should selling be. Yeah. selling some concentrate, uh, making sure that our financial model is is real, is robust, is intact. Um, uh, everything that you mentioned, you know is certainly on our minds you know we want to do that right. with re with regarding drilling for veta madre i mean you know we, we've been talking about that for a while that was kind of pushed off because we were so busy doing doing everything else when i was there a month ago you know i i had um i had an idea that we could drill that from one of the new claims that we acquired in the el cubo transaction when I was there, our geologist who's in charge of, of exploration at Pinguico, Lauro Barahan, uh, we, we went out and saw exactly you know, how that existed in the, in the field. And he's convinced me that a better way to drill for that Veta Madre contact than the contact between the major structure of Veta Madre and the Pinguico system, a better way to drill it's going to be from our original Pinguico property and on the very south side of that property. The, all of the stratigraphy is downdropped that way. And what he feels is that we're going to be about 150 meters closer to that contact so that our drill holes maybe have to be 350 meters rather than 500 meters to hit that. So in the weeks and months ahead, like we'll be doing that. I want, I want to drill that target. Uh, I, I can't give you a firm date on, on when we're going to do that just yet. Okay, fair, fair enough. That's certainly something I want to come back to you. Do you think... By dint of you getting into production, you are going to be able to have conversations with financiers about funding acquisitions. You can refer to it earlier. You, like I said, we've got a portfolio of products there, a projects there, but there may be deals to be done because silver's come off a bit, right? Yeah. And they're going to be, I think, either assets which are good, but companies don't necessarily uh, um, engender confidence and they are going to be financially stranded do you think there are opportunities like that where you're operating uh yes yeah. so the the first part of your question yes absolutely and you know sometimes sometimes the, the the stock market makes sense a lot of times it doesn't but i but i know that the moment that we have some top line revenue the moment that we're sending some material through that mill the market will treat us differently investors treat us differently financiers treat us differently uh, there's doors that open that that don't open prior to that. So that that is the case. In terms of assets that are, I, I keep using the word stranded. Maybe that's fair. Maybe it isn't. But assets that 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 we look at at Guanajuato and say, well, that would look best for all parties under one umbrella. There's public companies, big public companies, small public companies with those assets. There's also private companies, private interests in Mexico, who own deposits who don't have a mill. We don't have a tailings facility because in, in Guanajuato, like many other places in the world, it's actually the tailings facilities that's maybe the most important asset that you've got, right? You can build a mill, right? Get a permit for a tailings facility, why don't you? That's the tricky part. 
That's, that's interesting, actually, because we, I think we're starting to see that come through. Because if you look back to last year, 2020, right, a lot of promotional activity from companies because money was easy to come by. Just tell a good story. You kind of got money thrown at you. When the rubber hits the road, and I'm using that phrase a lot at the moment because we're seeing it happen more and more. It's like um, when the market, when you're in a position as a company to actually have to make that move to get into production, to be able to produce dollars, some companies just haven't got it because the asset is technically more difficult than perhaps this, the studies suggest. The mm-hmm. management teams don't make the right decisions at the right time uh, like they said they could. And I, and I, and we're starting to see a few a lot more M&A and you know a few, few roll-ups and uh, like I say private as well as well as public but better priced opportunities if you're able to go and raise the money in the company in, in the market by proving that you are capable and I guess you've just done that so, so um, that's why I asked the question if that's part of the thought and when I asked earlier about intent and aggression I mean just I'm trying to understand where you guys go. Okay. Yeah. So intent, I think, um, I think our intent is, should be well known to, to observers and listeners. We want to, we want to be a more important company, um, based not, not necessarily strictly in the Guanajuato area, but certainly in central Mexico. Are there, are there, you know, opportunities, uh, of which you describe? Yeah, there, there absolutely are. What's interesting, um, yeah, I think you've seen this over the years too, Matthew, in, in terms of M&A activity, uh, in terms of doing business deals. When you get a big, big bull move in the commodity cycle, in whatever commodity you're talking about, a lot of times nothing gets done because the, 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 the commodities are moving so fast that people get, you know, that, that people's perception of what those assets are worth changes very quickly. Usually it takes a, a correction of which we're seeing right now to be able to have everybody settle down and go, okay, well, wait a second. What, what, what business, what actual business transactions can we do in a, uh, in a pricing environment that everybody can, can more reasonably agree on, that where the buyers and the sellers can more easily agree that this, this, this isn't a, you know, a runaway price market? No, I agree with that. There's a kind of, kind of a cleansing moment, isn't there? Right? And it feels I, like that, not, not just for silver, but in a, in a number of other commodities at the moment where there's kind of the pricing reset allows people to just stop, think, breathe, reevaluate, um, and then make their moves if they're able. And I, I find that not everyone's able to. And that's it's sort of an interesting time. And again, lots of questions sent in about what do you think about the reset and the silver prices? And I, you know, for me, good. Very good. Because you'd have taken this price uh, two years ago, 18 months ago, I suspect. Uh, yeah, uh, certainly a few years ago. I, I think too. Um, you know, since our um, intent, since we are desirous to expand the company in the way that we've been dis- discussing, well, a a totally runaway precious metals environment is not necessarily helpful for that. Not for not for people. Not for us who who want to um, acquire things. So the today's pricing, the today's market action, this pullback is not a surprise for me. Uh, you never know when or how deep or like, you know, how, how that's going to work. But um, the, things don't go straight up forever. Uh, and there's a pause here that it, it totally makes sense to me. But I also think that generally speaking, uh, I want to be in the precious metals business. I want to be in the gold and silver mining business because I think that 
um, that all of the things that brought us to this stage in the bull market are going to continue. Mr. Anderson, it's been good talking to you today. today. I know you've got a few more meetings to get out of the way. Um, I wish you success with, with, uh, with the ones you've had and also with the ones you're about to have. Uh, and maybe come back on and, and talk us through when you get pouring silver. We want to see that. Okay, fantastic. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. And um, I, I look forward to, to speaking with you next. We, uh, we may well have a, a mill that's up and running by that time. Best of luck. We'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks Cheers. again. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.